BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. said sometimes with the British film industry it's hard to know if we're waving or drowning let's find out welcome to another Britflix.com podcast my name is Stuart Wright and today's guest is Craig Fairbass welcome to the show how you doing everybody nice to be on it at last I'm on I'm on the Britflix podcast indeed third time lucky I do believe isn't it it is it is that first time lucky yeah you're right <laughs> You, you're such a busy man. Oh yeah, yeah. I wish. Um, <laughs> if um, you, you've already been to Britflix uh, Towers, though, haven't you, down in Folkestone? Yeah, went down there. Did a really, really good interview with Villain. Yeah. John came over to my bed, didn't he, when you were doing uh, Rise of the Foot Soldier? Foot Soldier, he did. Yeah. yeah, he shot some stuff for location. I think that went down well. Nice one, nice one. Now, look, we've come to talk yeah. about your new movie, Villain. Um, which yeah. you star in. What took you so long? Welcome on, bro. Eddie boy. Your brother's in a serious bit of trouble. Well, what's he done? He's upset some people. How much you on? Hazy man. Fill it up now. Move! There's 25 grand. I said I wanted our money. Either that or we take the pub. They want the pub. Everything me and you have worked for, all the graph we've put in, it's all out the window. Gone. Someone come me. Now, I don't care who it is. We'll go to work and we'll get it back. Are you in trouble? I had no choice. It had to be done. Let's not playing games, eh? Well, I'm far too shrewd to let a couple of bully boys like you have me over. Uh, do you want to give uh, the listener a brief synopsis to what Villain's all about? Yeah, Villain, it's a really... I mean, I'm I'm so proud of this film. I, I keep going on about it, keep going on about it. But every now and again, you strike a little bit of gold. You do a, you do one of them edgy little London thrillers, and it just works and comes together. Great cast, great script by George Rosso and Greg Hall, Philip Barantini directing, Barbara Spody producing, just a gem of a little movie just everything just slotted into place basically it's about a guy who comes out of prison out of 10 years don't want the life that he left behind before he was nicked he's done his 10 he's come out he just wants to get his life back on track he's got a daughter he has never met um and he's got a, a young brother sean franks played by george rosso 
Uh, we have a pub in the family so that's been left in the family. And George, unbeknownst to me, is in massive debt to some local drug dealers um, and moneylenders, which mm. really got out of the hand. Um, and the more I peel away at the onion, and the more I'm trying to do the right thing, the more by being a victim of circumstance, I get dragged back into that world and to basically push into a corner and to perform with what I do best, basically. And that is, you know, it's, it's, it's a brutal, violent, dark towel, but a beautiful towel at the same time. You know, there, there, there is a lot of violence in it, but the violence is in context with a story. And the story is a, it's a human story at its heart mm. about a man trying to do the good thing, you know, and, and he's quite a vulnerable character. And it was, it was an amazing opportunity, opportunity for me. I jumped at the chance to play this part, mm. this character. Because even, even though he is a tough guy, there's a vulnerability about him. There's an empathy that goes with his character that you actually like. He's not just a one-dimensional thug, if you know what I mean. He's, that, he's the classic um, sort of Western anti-hero, isn't he, where he's, he's, trying to, he's trying to put his life back on the straight and narrow, but his past will, yeah. never, will never let him. Well, exactly that. And you know what? The funny thing is, when I first read the script, because I love the old Westerns, yeah. for me, it's a cross between Shane and the history of violence. There's, there's connotations in there of both films. Yeah, that, you know, slowly, slowly, he's, he's, he, and you can feel him. You can watch it, and it's heartbreaking because, you know, you know what's going to come. And it, it, and like the, you know, the synopsis says, it does end up with absolutely devastating consequences. Um, but it's a cracking film. As I said, I'm so proud of it. Well, you, you as a, you as an actor, obviously, having having sort of done done quite a bit in the sort of gangland world of of Britain for characters. So when you're when you're reading this when you're reading this one, it's sort of sparkling on the page for you, and then you you sort of on set thinking, what what do I bring? How does that conversation go between you and the director about what can we do new with with a guy who's sort of living the dark life, as it were? Well, to be honest with you, I'll be brutally honest with you, it, it's, it was on the page. Okay. It's such a beautiful script. It's such a stunning script. And for me, everything starts, it's all about the script. You know, if if, it, if you've got the Bible there, the Holy Grail, and it's tight, and because we never did a lot of changes with the script. A little bit of rehearsal time, but mm. it was in the right, the writing was there for me to, to portray someone. The dialogue in this film, I mean, as I said, I've said this a thousand times, Georgie's from... He's an Oxford boy, born and bred. He knows that world backwards. And the, the dialogue so authentic. When I read it, I sat down and done it in one sitting. I was just, it just, cause it, and it was so refreshing. Because I, I, to be honest with you, I read so much shit and I get sent a lot of stuff, um, you know, of, of, of sort of the, the gang, the gangstery stuff. And most of them are shit. And when you do read something good, it's just so refreshing to turn the page. A lot of my audience are filmmakers, so when they're when they're when they're sort of look, it, it is about getting the script read, ready and right as much as it is about having a script, isn't it, for a film? Oh, massively. It, it it's just about it's it's, it's it's you know preparation prevent prevent piss poor performance. <laughs> it, it's, if, if, if if people, you know, I'd rather do months of homework on a script than just turn up on set with with a flappy. And I've seen it. I've seen films that have been made by people I know. Just they just think by just just shooting what they've got in the script and not doing no work on the script, you pay the price later on. You, you really pay the price later on down the road. Now, one 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 of the things that's, that's sort of I guess 
I guess where you've got you've got the edginess and the darkness, but there's quite you, you know um, Philip Philip as the director has uh, has has made some rather artful choices, hasn't he? There's some wonderful moments where um, it's just like your face and your daughter's face, and there's no your face isn't moving, but there's a voiceover going on, and we're like it's almost like we're feeling the moment as opposed to seeing it happen. Yeah, uh, you know, to be honest with you, well, to the first screening I went to, you know, there were people crying. I mean, they were moved. You know, a couple of women there from some of the sales companies and distributors were, were physically, you know, were emotionally moved. Um, and were quite surprised by the film because it's got so many layers. As mm. I said, it's got its brutal violence, it's got the chats and all that, but there's a there's an underlying current there that is... You know, he's up against it already. <laughs> mm. Indeed, indeed. Now, look, let's tell yeah. people then. So, we've, I think we've wet the appetite a bit there. So, how and how and when can people see the movie? Well, the film is out February uh, the twenty eighth. Vertigo releasing. Of, of, you know, they they bought the film. Mm. Um, they're a very very classy distributor. They don't do any old film. So, for us to partner up with Vertigo was like a dream come true. So, we're really really proud. That they've got the film. Um, yeah, February 28th, certain cinemas. I think it's on about 15 screens um, and all the digital platforms, Sky, iTunes. It's getting a lot of word of mouth because there's been some sneaky previews um, and it's been so positive. We're all just really happy, to be honest with you. Nice one, nice one. Now, um, now what I've got you on here for is, the, um, is what I'm calling the five great British crime movies. So, Villain being number one, we're going to now do your other four, which I'm going to do in reverse date order, oldest to newest. And you can tell, and we do it against the clock. So for the listener who's not seen this one before, uh, we get five minutes on a film, and uh, and then when the when the car horn goes, we will move on to the next film just to keep it alive. So I mean, should we give each one uh, the the okay. the uh, the right the uh, the equal amount of time? Okay, so we'll start off with 1971's Get Carter. So for you, what's what's Get Carter? As, as, why is that such an important British crime movie for you? Get Carter for me was one of the first sort of stylish gangster movies I'd, I'd, I'd seen as a kid. Yeah, I was about 13, 14, and I sat there and I watched it with my dad. Um, and I loved the backdrop of Newcastle. But I also like Mike Hodges' adaption of it. I mean, it was based on Ted Lewis's book. And um, it just blew me away. You know, I'd, I'd like Michael Caine. I like what he had about him. Mm. Um, and, you know, I, I, it just added up. It was such a refreshing film to watch as a kid because it was, I think it was one of my first sort of revenge movies. You know, the brother going after the guys who killed his brother. Mm. Um Ian Hendry, do you know what I mean? And just, there was just something about it. I just loved it. And then I was lucky enough, and, you know, I'm using Newcastle as a backdrop, all that sort of industrial land, you know what I mean? Yeah. The bridges. And it just, 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 I just loved everything about it. Um, and lucky enough, I've shot two films in Newcastle, uh, which is a film I've got coming out in June called Muscle. Right. Uh, another film. And with, another with, film with, Ed Bar- with Ed Barrett, isn't it? He produced that one. No, no, no. The, the one... Oh, yeah, sorry. You're dead right, Ed Barrett. I'm so sorry. Yeah, so that's muscle. That comes out in June. Um, and I spent a lot of time walking around the town. You it's know, a, it's, a, it's an impressive city, isn't it? 
It's an impressive city. Oh, it's a fantastic. Newcastle is such a great place. I just fell in love with it. And it, it was like my third trip there. And I just, uh, I just loved it. And I sort of walked around some of the locations from the film, you know, the big iron bridges that were just, you know, breathtaking. I, and I think cinematically, it had that backdrop. It was just interesting. Well, it's, um, it's got that because it's it's because the, the 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 city of Newcastle almost it's sit, obviously the river sits in the middle of it almost doesn't it? So it creates yeah, this, it creates this visible yeah. line, doesn't it? That, yeah, that, and I you know you walk I walked along there along the Tyne in the morning, and I go across the bridges and walk back, and I did the same thing in the evening when it was dark, and it's just such an atmospheric cinematic city. It just looks. And you could understand, you know, and I think that's where Jared Johnson picked it for muscle. It, it's just, it's just a little bit, it's different, mm. you know. It's London, eh? it's London, eh? but it's just different. Um, another film I did, there was a film called Killing Time. Oh yeah, which was Barrett Barrett Nalluri's film. Um, the reason why I said no because Barrett and Barrett Nalluri and everything. Ah, okay. <laughs> 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 it was a film called Killing Time, and you know. There's a place in Newcastle where they've got the biggest escalators in Europe, you know, where they go down from the tunnel. All right. I've not seen that yet. I'll have to go there next time. Yeah, you've got to look at them. It's incredible. Um, And we did a big shootout on these these escalators. It looks like some futuristic city. I mean, they're, (laughs) like, so big. Um, Yeah, I'm just being back there. uh, What would you say is your favourite scene in Get Carter? To be honest with you, I just love the film as a whole. I never really had one favourite scene. To be honest with you, mm. I just thought, I just loved the whole. You know, it was all. It, it was you know the the machismo of all of the of of Michael Caine. Mm. You know, going up there to the big geezer, testosterone. You know, the Londoner. Yeah, but that, that, that Craig, that lovely bit where he orders the lager in the bar when he first gets yeah, in. Yeah, in the pub. I was going <laughs> to say the pub. Yeah, and they all look at him like, yeah. "Who's ordered?" And the Cockneys ordered the lager. Yeah, and then you know it's the outsider thing, you know, being being not part of that that place. One thing I saw for the first... I watched it recently, and one of the things that I've seen for the first time is, you know, he's on the train going up to Newcastle. Yeah. His killer's in the in the carriage with him. It's, yeah. It's amazing. I, it's not, obviously, it's, not, it's yeah. not... You're not told it, really. You only know this after you've watched the film and you go back and watch it again. Yeah. There's no way you can know it, and you'd have to have some photographic memory to remember. No, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even that, all that, that, that train journey, just the way it was shot, the whole thing... It was such a stylized piece. Um, you know, Mike Hodges has gone on to do so much other great gear. Well, look, um, we've got we, five minutes are up there. Um, it's uh, Let's move on to uh, Long Good Friday in 1980. Now, this is, I mean, you're picking, you're picking, uh, you're picking films I love myself. So tell, tell us what it is about Long Good Friday. I mean, you being from the southeast and that, there must have been a lot of references that were sort of true to home for you. Yeah, oh God, I mean, The Long Good Friday, that was another film, you know, that came out. There was something, I, I thought, the, the weird thing for me, I mean, that 
time, 1980, when that film was made. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that was a sort of time when I was sort of realising that I wanted to be an actor. Oh, okay. Um, um, and there was influences on me growing up and films that had quite a mark because obviously, you know, I'm, I was born in East London. I mm-hmm. moved over to South East London, but I knew the type of actor that I would be. I knew that I wasn't going to play the. I knew I was going to play certain roles, either villains or old Bill. You know, you weren't, I mean? you weren't going to be in a Jane Austen period drama. Is that what you're saying? Well, no, because I, you know I weren't that soft type kid. I wasn't, you yeah. know, the ones who were at the Rads and the, and the top drama schools. But yeah. I just thought to myself, you know. Growing up watching American movies, growing up watching British films, hmm. I was always gravitated to, to the more to the more earthier actors, if you know what I mean. Yeah. The Kirk Douglases, the Lee Marvins, the Charles Bronsons, Montgomery Clift, all of those people, they 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 were rough and ready, normal, streaky type actors. And I thought to myself and it wasn't until I saw the Long Good Friday that I thought me actually crossed my mind that I've got half a chance here. Mm. If I really, really crack on now and do my homework as a young man, by the time I get older and I get into my 40s and even, you know, my 50s, I think I could do what some of these guys are doing. Because Bob, I'm going to say, because if you look at Bob Hoskins, it's it's like on the face of it, you go, well, that's not a movie star, is it? But you watch Long Good Friday, you can't take your eyes off him. Well, that's, that's what I'm getting at. And I thought to myself, you know, you look at Bob Hoskins in that film, and you look at Moriarty in that film, and you look at the gazes that they, you know. I'll tell you something. I'm glad I found out in time just what a partnership with a pair of wankers like you would have been. A sleeping partner's one thing, but you're in a fucking coma. No wonder you've got an energy crisis your side of the water. Us British, we used to have a bit more vitality, imagination, touching a Dunkirk spirit, know what I mean? You know, Barry Keith is an amazing writer. Mm. He was putting on, there was plays being done of these at the Deptford, a theatre in Deptford when I was a kid growing up. And I remember right. seeing a few of them. Um, and everyone was talking about Barry Keith. And then, you know, the, the Long Good Friday came out. Mm. And the character of Harold Shand, do you know what I mean? Mm. Was um, just. It was, and it was all of that business all because I grew up in the. Um, the East End, all that business of Docklands, because I can remember Docklands. Can you remember when it, it, when, was, it was, um, when it was being flattened and stuff, and when, or when, even when it was like a, well, a dormant load of buildings where industry had gone? Well, my dad was a docker. Okay, okay. Yeah, so I remember going down there as a kid, and um, going down as a kid and seeing all the cranes and the old man's band for me, you know, there's going to be a time when this is all going to be, I mean, it's, it, was, it was closing. Do you know what I mean? The docks were going. Yeah. And then you had that film all about the regeneration of that area and the Americans coming in and, the, you know, and the whole of that, that business, you know. It's just fascinating. Yeah, I've got to say, it must, it must have been like the, the sort of jungle drums of like what was going to happen. Like, must have been happening for, for Barry to pick up on it in terms of, the storyline that there was money swimming around, people were having a vision, weren't they? Which, if you look at it now, and you watch the film now, you go, "How the hell could people imagine Docklands being what it is now?" When, when, when it was just post-industrial yeah. sort of wasteland, wasn't it? In some senses, and you know, a de- a yeah. d- declining industries, you know, which weren't 
which wasn't a great, isn't anything to build on. You know, you look, you look at places, like I'm from the north of England, similar kind of declining industries haven't become, you know, Docklands, O2 Arena, you know, those kind of things that now take its place. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's so true. Have you, have you seen the gent? Have you seen Garrett? She's the gentleman. I haven't. No. There's a there's a there's an absolute there's a there's a homage to the to the closing sequence of Long Good Friday and the gentleman. It's like it gives you right. shivers. You kind of because it, it doesn't play out the same, but you know, obviously, with Long Good Friday, the classic uh, turning around in the back of the car, and Oskins just doesn't have to say anything, does he? He just knows he's fucked, and. And you just get that that holding shot into the back of a car, yeah. Guy Ritchie pays absolute homage to that moment in uh, in Gentleman. Oh, and 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 the new when the music kicked in, yeah. You know, and he's in the back of the car and that panic on his face and that sort of realization. Century to a modern day classic, uh, another Michael Clay, another Michael Caine one, Harry Brown. Now, here's a fun fact for you, Craig. I've um, go on. I'm working with the producer of that at the moment, Keith Bell, who's from Newcastle of all places. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> so that, it's kind of like full circle, isn't it? A Newcastle producer works with Garrett, <laughs> Michael Caine on a London gangster film, which is you know Revenge movie, yeah. which is quite funny. So what yeah. you know, obviously that's a yeah. modern. It's a modern classic. It's obviously it's we Michael Caine. John, I wanted to mention John McKenzie in the last thing, you know, the Long Good Friday. What a great job he done as a director, and sort of went on to do other stuff. Never really cracked it. It was weird. So, Harry Brown, what what yeah. is it? To, I mean, obviously, we're 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 like thirty years on from Long Good Friday at this point, as far as cinema goes. So, what is it that 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 tickled your fancy with Harry Brown then? Oh, it blew me away. I've got to be honest with you. It literally blew me away. Michael Caine again. Yeah, you know. He just gets better with age. He's like a fine wine. <laughs> but I think what what really done it for me for that film is, is just the brutality of it. I mean, just how real and how authentic and gritty it was. And just what a reflection of our life is now in London on some of them housing estates. Mm. I mean, you see it in the news now with the knife crime, the stabbings. Um, but to watch, you know, similar to get Carter, Vigilante, mm. Man on a Mission, Man on a Mission, Revenge. Um, amazing cast, Jack O'Connell, Emily Mortimer, Liam Cullinan, I'm a massive fan of. Um, and what an incredible job. He, I mean, I was just blown away by Daniel Barber's direction on that film. It was just, it was just, it was, I don't think anybody see that film coming, to be honest with you. Because it is, it's a, it's the perfect kind of revenge to in it because it's unforgiving. It's and in a way, you know, it's it's got you know, there's parallels with. Uh, I mean, he's he's not like you're not like Clint Eastwood in Unforgiven. How he's he doesn't want to do it. Yeah. He doesn't want to do it. He doesn't want to do yeah. it. 
and and and, yeah. and Michael Caine is faced with that position, isn't he? In the sense of once once everything's lost, it's like what else can yeah. I do? What else can I do? You're yeah. making me do this. But you know what was so good about it for me Go is on. because unlike the Yanks, who would have completely fucked it up if they'd have done it, mm-hmm. they made him a real man. They made him a real person. They made him. They made him vulnerable. They made him interesting. Mm. You know, and and you was on his side. It was just done so beautifully. And Sean Harris, you know that horrible, you know, horrible. I don't want to. Use, I don't want to use the word, but. failed to maintain your weapon, son. I don't reckon you've got long. I've seen that before. Gut wound. The slug's probably torn right through your liver. Mate of mine, in Ulster, got caught in sniper fire. Bullet blew his inside. He screamed for a good 10 minutes. You couldn't send a medic in. The section was too hot. So we all took cover and watched him die. Never told that to anyone. You should have called an ambulance for the girl. But when that scene when he does it, no Mark came when he goes into the <laughs> the drug place. I mean it's phenomenal. Everything about it, I mean, even, you know, plan B. It was a very refreshing film, but I, listen, I'm, I love vigilante films. I love revenge movies. I love a man doing the right thing for the right reason. And I love getting behind those characters. Um, and, I, and I've been lucky enough to, to play sort of the same thing. Mm. And you can, if you can make it interesting and you make that person human, um, you can get literally get away with murder. If you can get the audience on your side with a little bit of empathy, then you're on a winner. And I think people love that. They love seeing people pushed and going up against the system. What's what like now, you know? Which, which again comes back to that point we were saying earlier: is that there's a, even though it's a London housing estate, it plays out like a classic western, doesn't it? It does. It it really does. It does. And um, yeah, I heard rumours that there was going to be a number two, and um, there was all that going around. Um, but I'm interested to see what he does next, Daniel Barber. Yeah, because he's, you know, yeah. There's that. There's that lovely. I mean, well, there's there's sort of decisions he makes in that film. I got I got the Blu-ray recently, and uh, I'd forgotten like the the scene when Kane's mate dies, and it's just a it's just a long shot of a fire burning in the front door. You know, it's not even yeah. like it's not yeah. screaming bodies and windows or whatever. It's just a this horrible yeah. sense of oh, here we go, right, sir. Uh, the final choice of your five is London Heist 2017, one I've not seen, so... You are going to punch in a combination of the vault for me. We're on the clock. 
Now you do as I say, and no one else gets hurt. Four of our masked men reroute the alarms. We need to move now. To new beginnings. You're not making a mug out of me, Cregan. I want Jack Cregan on full surveillance. I want to give people uh, a brief synopsis to what London Heist is. That's one you, you're in yourself. Well, well, let me say something. I'm shocked you've not seen it. I really am being a Brit guy, being a Brit man, a British film fan. I can't believe it. Well, I'm embarrassed then. I've not seen it, so I will sort that out. John will have seen it, so that's my defence. John will have seen it. And let me say this to you. Go on. Let me say this to you. I kid you not, because I won't waste your time, because I know you love your films. It's a cracking film, trust me. I wrote it, my son produced it. Um, it was all to do with stories with my growing up and talking to my dad and me going to my bayers since I was 18. Mm. But we set, it's a reflection of some of the films that I like. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's, it's England, it's London. You know, you, you're limited with budgets in Britain, but I think on reflection, looking at the film, mm. I guarantee you, you'll like it. It's on Netflix. It's on it's on Amazon. Give it a watch because it, it it's a it's a blinding little thriller, and it's done really well. We were we were pleasantly surprised that we had a bidding war on the film. Lionsgate bought it from us. They bought America. They bought North America. They've done a ton of sales on the film, and it was it 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 was a really really enjoyable film to make. So and it was. I had to do it. It was a mission. I had to make. I had to get it made. I'm going to say so. Writing it then. So where does that? Where did that come from? To you? Where was the? What, you say you, what you were collecting stories and sort of pulled together, or did you sit down 
at a time to go around. No, it started like 15, yeah, 15 years ago. Okay. Just over the years, I got involved with other people. And you know what it's like when you're writing. If someone writes two words, you've got to give them a credit. <laughs> you know, so there's a lot of... You know, <laughs> just the way it is. Um, and in the end, I had to take over and do it on my own and get it to a point. And then luckily enough, I've got Mark McQueen on board, who I did Devil's Playground, who is a very, very stylish guy, very switched on. Yeah. Um, makes stuff look absolutely incredible. He's the main guy, does all the slick big car commercials, all the stuff on Top Gear. And he's a bright guy. If you look at Devil's Playground, it's a cracking film. Anyway, we worked on the script, we flushed it through. We've got James Cosmo to play the main guy, me. Uh, Eddie Webber, Tony Denham, Roland Malouki, and we got all the boys in. But it's it's set in London, and it's set in Spain. It's about a group. Basically, it's about a group of armed robbers. Mm. The film opens with a with a robbery that's gone down in London, and the money from the robbery gets nicked. And in the process of the money being stolen, my dad, who's the he's the draftsman of the robbery, he gets murdered. Blimey, so double so you've got a story now, so you've got a double mission, a man on a mission, because we've never touched on American films. Point Blank, the Lee Marvin, John Borman film, is one of my favourite films of all time. Right. So so you've got Jack Cregan, he's on a mission, A, to find out who killed his dad, and B, to get the money back. Um, so you've got this runaway train, and at the same time, they need to pull off another big robbery so they get the last big chunk of dough for, for all of them to get out of the country. So it's, uh, it's, I love the film. I and, really do. I saw, and, I saw Stephen Burkhoff singing. What's he like to act opposite? Yeah, Burkhoff plays me old man. Stephen Burkhoff is Stephen Burkhoff. He's, um, he's a lovely fellow. I mean, obviously, you know, he's a, he's a class act. You know, uh, we're lucky enough to get him. And he loved the film. He'd come up to me after, give me a kiss. He went, Craig. He went, that's a proper class. Because he said, I knew it would be because it's coming from you. <laughs> but do you, do you, when, you, when, you, when you're working with someone like Stephen, even though you've all the experience you've got, do you still get a chance to learn from people like him? You never stop learning. You never, ever, ever stop learning. I don't think you do as an actor. You're only as good as the people you're acting opposite. Really, you really are. And mm. the more good people you can work with, the more things I think I've nicked things from every actor I've ever worked with, the good ones. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, because it is a it is a it is a it's a skill, it's a technique, um, to be as real as you possibly can. And I try my style of acting has always been very minimal and very real, very try and make it as authentic as possible. Yeah. Um, just to be believable. If you if you're if you're halfway believable then you've got half a chance of pulling it off. Um, and lucky enough, over the years, I've worked with some really good actors. Right, well, there we go. There's that. There's oh, that. Bang on time. Bang on time. <laughs> well, let's 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 close on a, on it. Let's let's just quickly talk, re, 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 get, get, go back around on ourselves. So, villain is uh, when can people see villain? Villain is out February twenty eighth. It's on certain showcase cinemas. I'm doing a special screening at Blue Water mm-hmm. on the 28th. I'm going to be able to do a meet and greet, sign some posters. Excellent. Um, then it's on all all platforms: Sky, Sky Store, iTunes, and the usual, yeah, the, the usual stuff. 
Right now, I, I want because I've seen I've seen the film yourself. I don't want to give any spoilers away, but I got to ask you what what would uh, what was your what was your favourite scene to, uh, to to film? What was the toughest one to do? Because there's there's some really nasty bits you've got to pull off, but there's also bits where you've got to be absolutely vulnerable as well. So which is the hardest for you? Um, oh, that's, that's tough. Yeah, I know. You, um, the stuff of my daughter I really enjoyed, but it was also tough. I've got to be honest with you, because it, it's, a, it's a fine line. You know, all of that stuff is a fine line. The, the, the penultimate scene with the boys was like four pages long. It was quite a big scene when, it, when you know, it's, it's the final meet. Yeah. And there's so, so many gear changes within the, within the scene where it goes from one level to the next, to another level. Mm. That was quite difficult because there was so much dialogue. And I, I enjoyed that. But I think the... I enjoyed all the stuff with my brother and the stuff with Azuka. Um, I would I would say the main stuff with her. I was going to say when, when she gives you the baby, when she gives you the baby for the first time, it's like even me as the audience, yeah. I'm going, don't drop the fucking baby, don't you know? And she because she's giving it, you know, all, yeah. this and all that, and then it's just because you don't have to, you you as an actor almost don't have to say anything, do you, not to convey all the emotion that we the audience can see? Because you're like, it's like this proud moment, isn't it? I suppose is all you've got to do. I mean, yeah. I say all, but it's not yeah. that easy, is it? It's not that easy. It really, because as I said, it's a fine line. You can so easily overplay that stuff or it not have the desired effect that you want it to have wash over the audience. Because mm. you don't want people to, you know, you want them to believe it. Um, but she's, Azuka Hall, is a, she's a young star in the making. She's going to be massive. You know, as I said to you earlier on, you're only as good as the people you're working opposite. And the cast in that film was just phenomenal, you know, for my money. Um, Robert Glenister, you know. Yeah, no, he's he's um, he plays the kind of. He's a great villain. Yeah, he's a gonna great say, villain, that guy. I've got to say, he does, he <laughs> plays that kind of understated, like don't mess with me, and and you yeah, don't because exactly. even though he has his his sort of gorilla with him, as it were, who will will smack you yeah. up. He doesn't. It's like he does. I think, and this is no big spoiler, but like the first time he slaps you, you kind of go, "My God, he's just he's just put him in his place." And, well, and let me just say, you've seen, well, you can remember the other scene, well, young George also was, was watching this on the monitor. Yeah. And when I'm laying there, and because and he come up to me after when they cut you, and Craig, he said that, he said, I've never seen anything like that. It's the <laughs> first time I've ever seen you in all the films you've done on the receiving end. <laughs> it, well, it is, I've got to say, it is, it is, that's the bit that really, surpri- really surprises you. And I guess that's the, I guess that's the great thing about the, uh, the script writing that went into the film in the first place. To sort of have that sort of that yeah. range. Well, well, look, congratulations on on villain, and uh, I'll put a link Thanks, in. The, Cheers, mate. Appreciate I'll, it. I'll put a link in the show notes so people can check out those screenings and stuff. Uh, it just gives me okay. to say thank you very much for giving us your time on the Britflix podcast. Thank you, and I'm glad you enjoyed villain. That means that means a lot to me. It really does because I know you watch a lot of films, so it's, that's good stuff. But thank you, time. Appreciate it. Parker said, sometimes with the British film industry, it's hard to know if we're waving or drowning. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, 
and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.